Hey, welcome to Emerging. If you're new here, my name is Nate Sharmack, and I'm here with Christian Arnder. We set off to create a podcast where we have transparent conversations about being a young painter and a young illustrator, where we share our experiences and our fields in a raw and realistic way. Thanks for stepping into this conversation with us. So, Nate, I've been thinking a lot about this situation in particular that made me feel like a failure in my design life. Um, I was, it would have to be two years ago. I was working with a client, um, working on an ad for a magazine for them. And it was like a joint ad. So it was them and another person, two different companies who wanted to have one ad together because their buildings were really close or something. Um, And they sent me this information. It wasn't all the information I needed, but I asked for more. It really, I don't know where it got lost, but I didn't get any more information from them. And I was like, the deadline's coming up. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to make it. So I made it. I got it all put together. I send it to her and I get this long email about how it's quote unquote garbage and how she could have made it on her phone in 10 minutes Mm. and how I would, why would I have made it that way? There wasn't enough copy, which is one of the things I asked for and they never gave me. Uh, Why would I have chosen those pictures out of the pictures they gave me to select from and like all this stuff. And then it really comes to it really came to a head over the next few days of like I invoiced her because it was still finished based on the information they had given me and everything. She refused to pay for it and then accused me of being aggressive for invoicing her. And it was this whole it's a whole long drawn out experience of like her being really antagonistic and not understanding that like I couldn't have made the ad the way she wanted because they didn't provide the information. Right. And that she like told me they had provided the information. I told her they hadn't and like showed her screenshots to prove that they hadn't. So like I know now and I knew then that I was fully in the right realm. Like I was, I was correct. I made the best ad I could with the information they gave me. But ultimately I ended up feeling like a failure because not even because of like the money or because of her being rude or whatever. It was just about like, I felt like I had let somebody down Mm. and what I really came around to realize was like, that's because that's how she wanted me to feel about it. Right. It was like, I already felt like a failure, but then also she's pushing on to me that I am, you know? And I talked to my art director about it and he was super encouraging. And he was just like, the fact that you care about this at all shows that you're good at your job. Yeah. He was like, so I wouldn't, he was like, cause honestly, a lot of people just be like, I don't care. You can find somebody else to do it. He was like, so don't beat yourself up over it. She's obviously being harsh. Like, mm. and yeah, what I came to realize was failure is this weird thing where like, you don't necessarily have to be actively failing to feel like a failure. You know what I mean? And I think that's like yeah. the first situation that I had where I fully realized that where I was like, no, I didn't do anything wrong. I did everything to the best of my ability based on the job, based on what they had provided me, but I still ended up feeling like a failure. And that was when I really had to confront the idea that failure is this thing that people can project on you you can project onto yourself, can come from the back of your mind. It's it's not this like active act all the time. Totally. I mean, I think like <clears throat> we've talked about this a little bit before in previous podcasts, but that was just making me think about like self-worth and value and stuff. And it's just this sort of thing of like, 
if you're um like righteousness like your 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 personal sense of like what it means to be right and good and you know fulfilled and true and like all of those things right so if you're like righteousness and your your self-value and all that stuff is it rests on other people and the way that they right. think, think about you and it rests on the success of your work then like yeah. you're always you're always at risk of a being like embodying failure as a person like failing to be the person that you're supposed to be um right i mean i think something i've had to realize because of that and obviously it's been a couple of years so other situations, just personal work or client relations, whatever, is that so much of feeling like a failure, feeling like you failed rests on your ego. Mm -hmm. And like, that's when I've realized this about myself. Like when I really feel like a failure, it's because my ego got hurt. Right. It's your ego. And it's like, which is kind of the same thing. It's like your, your expectation of yourself or your like, you know, perception of, of how grand you are like your ego i mean i guess that basically right. is your ego right but it's like yeah it's this this picture of yourself that you have and then you realize that you're not as great as you, <laughs> you yeah thought you were. yeah i mean i keep i'm thinking of like a client story from this year now and i won't go into detail because it's a long it's even longer than that one but like what what that situation two years ago showed me was that if i don't ever if i am confident in myself and I know that I did the work that I could have based on the information I was provided. Then I don't have, my ego doesn't have to get hurt. Right. I'm still right. And so when I had a weird client situation over the past year, when they were trying to be rude and antagonistic, I was just like, that's fine. Like, right. Like you can feel that way, but that's not what happened. Here's all the reasons why here's the invoice. Like, you know, like, yeah, it's not, and I didn't feel like a failure. I was angry, but I wasn't angry at myself. Like, yeah, that's good. And I, and I, yeah, exactly. And I feel like so much of that comes from, like you just said, like personal confidence or your ego or whatever. Right. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> so much of that comes from the, your personal confidence, ego, and especially in the aspect of like, you're, you're shifting in that both has to do with you being like, Hey, I'm good at my job. And like, if it's not working, I don't have to hate myself, but conversely it has to do with you being like, Hey, I, I don't expect myself to be the greatest designer in the universe right. and you shouldn't either. And so if there's an issue with this project, like dude, back off, like you're like, not, let's try to figure it out. That's not, the goal here. Right. You're not paying $25,000 for this design. So you can right. chill out. Like, <laughs> you right. know, we can take a step back and can, try to figure this out together. Yeah, let's and ultimately together on it and, it's weird that you bring that up because with this client story this past year, I did that thing first. We tried to figure it out and yeah. it still just like didn't happen. Right. Because of how they felt about it. And that's fine. That's on them. And yeah. So I guess what I'm really speaking to there is like how you move forward from failure kind of mm -hmm. really ends up defining your practice yeah right and that's something that i've had to remind myself of constantly yeah I, I actually was talking to somebody on instagram like two or three days ago um i had a really cool opportunity to speak with some of the high school students in my old high school some of the, the art students in my old high school a few weeks ago and uh <clears throat> one of them reached out to me and asked me some questions and 
then she was sort of saying that like when she does sketches uh she always feels like her sketches aren't very good and it's like really discouraging like she does a sketch and it's not good and then she doesn't want to continue with the project because she feels like it sucked and she was like how do you deal with that and i was like honestly like your sketching is not going to get much better like it's sketching i mean it, it, it also does, doesn't it have does to. get better right yeah. but that's what i told her i was like it's not about your sketching getting better i was like don't it's about you understanding that sketches serve a certain purpose and that certain purpose is not to be refined but it's also about you understanding that like success honestly success in the arts has so much less to do with how good you do on your first try your second try your 10th try your 50th try it has to do with how many times you're willing to just keep trying to get better and just keep trying to come back you know right back at bat and swing again and i know that's like corny but really that's that's really what it comes down to it's like do a first pass and if it sucks do another pass like you just you just keep going and eventually you'll get something that you like but what happens with people is they do three and then they're like well because my third iteration of this was bad it must mean that i'm not able to do this and i'm just going to give up it's like right. oh no no you have to obsessively just keep marching forward and and understand that every one of those passes it doesn't have to be perfect it just has to be a little closer to what you're trying to accomplish right you know? right i mean <clears throat> as cliche or as weird or i don't know stupid as it sounds like failure is something to embrace right yeah. it's like without failing at whatever you're doing you're not going to know how to improve on what you're doing yeah and it sucks like failure is always hard you know and there's this old saying about like failing upward or failing well and like i don't i don't prescribe to that i don't think that's important honestly mm. i think like i think letting mm. yourself <clears throat> do it big like really fail badly like really let it happen and just like when you're upset about it let yourself wallow in it acknowledge where your head's yeah. at with it acknowledge how you failed and when you feel ready for it again, come back yeah. and like reassess what you're doing based on your failure. It's not about like trying to fail and coming right back to it over and over and over and over. It's like, I don't know, like let it happen. And if you feel bad about it, you can come back to it later. This right. is art. You got time. It's also not about denying your failures. Like I think that's something that I'll speak for myself personally. That's something I found very confusing for a long time yeah. is being like, okay, I'm supposed to be resilient. So that means that I should either a not acknowledge anything I do as a failure. I'm supposed to love everything I do and I'm supposed to be happy about everything that I do, you know, or B, uh, <clears throat> you know, I'm supposed to like just not care at all. Right. Which are kind of the same thing. Like, Either I'm just supposed to not give an F or I'm supposed to just, you know, be joyful about anything I do. And so, so a little sidebar, there is some truth to that, right? I think it's healthy to approach all, every aspect of being creative as a gift and something to be thankful for. It's something to have gratitude over. Like it's, it's healthy. It's good for you to be like, you know, I'm really thankful that today I was able to paint regardless of how it turned out. I'm just thankful that I was able to like do this thing. I like, you know, so, so that part of it's good, right? That that's like a right. healthy, good thing. 
But that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is like, it's bad for you to be like, well, none of this is good, but I'm not allowed to be upset about it. I'm not allowed to, to, you know, I'm supposed to be resilient. So I have to just love what I do and think it's all great. It's like, no, yeah. no, man, like be real, like be real with yourself. If you did something and it sucked, like feel that, like really feel that, you know, yeah. if you be honest gotta, with yourself, like <clears throat> that's the main thing. I mean, that's so much of what this is in the first place. Right. Yeah. And if you can't be honest with yourself over your failure and over the thing that didn't go well, then you can't be honest with yourself over what's going well either. Yeah. Like you, you have to have both. And I was just thinking like, I was just thinking about this book I read by Austin Kleon called show your work. I read it a few years ago and it was like super influential to me. But in that he talks about being super transparent with your work and letting people into mm-hmm. your work. And an aspect of that for him is being transparent about failure and like when an idea doesn't pan out, like everyone messes stuff up. So yeah. bring people in, you're a human being, like show people your humanity. You know what I mean? And you shouldn't feel weird about that. Like every artist from time to time, like their pieces don't work out. Yeah. Like it just happens. And <clears throat> sometimes, <clears throat> sometimes client relations get screwed up and good impression and like, and like client relations gets really screwed up. Sometimes it's your fault. Sometimes it's theirs. But as creators, we're told to like only ever leave good impressions for some reason on ourselves and on other people and with our work and blah, 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 which is why all of this stuff can like really get to us. I think. Yeah. That's why it's nailed into our heads over and over that if we don't leave a good impression with our work or a good impression with a client, then that's going to derail our entire career. Yeah. Which just isn't, it just isn't true, you know? And I think that's important to remember in like the key moments of failure, because like I said, how you're failing is going to end up defining how you work also. Yeah. You know, I mean, and something too, it's like, it, it's so important that, <clears throat> that we realize before we're able to, you know, get back up and try again, we have to admit that, that we fell. like, it, yeah. it's just, it's so healthy. It's so important to do that. Um, you know, acknowledging, fully acknowledging failure, not just that we failed, but acknowledging our feelings in our failures is so important to say it, to get it out, to express that you, you hate that you failed, um, to admit that you failed. And and then you you can sort of start to heal from that failure and actually move towards something positive. Um, that that's the the necessary first step, um, in, in kind of resilience. Um, is not to ignore the fact that you're failing, but just to to call it what it is, understand it, and then and then sort of move forward. I think we should talk about the opposite side of that, which is like calling it what it is, but way, 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 way over um, dr- dramatizing how impactful that failure is. Like, it's good to acknowledge that you failed, and you shouldn't be disillusioned into thinking you're not. Right. But you shouldn't right. do the okay. opposite. You shouldn't be like, because my first sketch didn't go well, I'll never be able to be an artist. Or, right. you know, I hate myself and I'm massively depressed and I, and I just don't, and I'm not saying that in a joking way. I mean, I really say that. Like, like I just, I can't stand myself because of how I'm unable to accomplish these things that I 
I'm just trying to do even in the most basic level. Like I just wanted to get up today and start my day right. And I slept in and I stayed on my phone. And that's not like a vague thing. That's like a me everyday thing being like, yeah. all I want to do is be able to st- start my day off well. And instead I piddled on my phone for 45 yeah. minutes for no reason. It's going through the same crap that's never good. And now my day is running late. Right. Like I feel like and a I failure. Think, you know? I think it's important in the face of like <clears throat> micro failures like that to give yourself some grace. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And like realize that that's what 90% of people are doing right now. Yeah. It's 9 a.m. People yeah. that are at work already are doing that also. <laughs> like, yeah. Like it's okay to realize that like, yeah, I don't want to make stuff yet. Right. Or like this. Okay. That sent me back, but whatever. Like, yeah. So much of, confronting failure looks like being looks like not caring about it so much mm-hmm. you know and it's hard not to care it's hard not to care especially when a failure is like real you know when mm. when a job goes bad when a client doesn't like something when you have somebody buying a painting and they end up not liking it like when the failures are resounding when they're actually tangible failures either on your part or somebody else's part but you are involved it's hard to not care and i think what we're both saying here is you can yeah like you should and feel that and let yourself come back to it later but i think care just care an appropriate amount right Right. yeah right it's like be able so be able to like set it apart and be like okay what do i need to do to fix this next time yeah. It's so much of it's reassessing. And like you said, resiliency is like what we're talking about here. It's it's not about having thicker skin, you know, <laughs> like everyone gets yeah. offended. Everyone gets hurt. Everyone fails. Telling people to toughen up has never worked for anything, really. Right. And like we need to realize that resiliency in the face of failure isn't about like being tough. It's about being secure and confident in what you do. Yeah. You know, so, and go ahead. Yeah. So. <clears throat> In our in our household, <laughs> anxiety and depression, but but mostly anxiety is is a, a widely felt and experienced thing. So we talk about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so something that Annie and I talked a lot about last year is sort of a metaphor I came up with that I think about a lot. Um, and sort of the in the face of of failures and in the face of like anxiety around those failures is. I think about a car and like if you were driving somewhere, you you know, you didn't have GPS or whatever, or maybe you do have GPS. You're just not paying attention to it. You're driving somewhere and you take a left when you should have taken a right. There's a moment when you realize that, that you have like a couple of different options of what you can do. And I think like there's two things that are terrible for you to do. (laughs) If you take a left when you're supposed to take a, have taken a right, it's terrible for you to just keep going left because you're unwilling to admit the fact that you made a wrong turn, right? (laughs) That's terrible. (laughs) And that's silly, but I do that a lot. I mean, a lot of people do that a lot, right? So you failed and you're unwilling to admit that, that you failed. Like you're, you're, you're determined that you're going to figure out a way to make it work. Option number two is that you take a left when you're supposed to take a right and you get so overwhelmed with a feeling of failure that you pull over on the side of the road, you get out of the car, you scream at yourself for 10 minutes and you question why you ever thought you could drive a car in the first place. 
The third option is that when you realize you did that, you you just turn around. You go back. It takes you an extra four minutes, you know, and you you go and take the turn you were supposed to take, or you reroute the GPS and you hop on over and you get there, and it took you four extra minutes. But at the end of the day, it's okay, you know. Yeah. Did you take the wrong turn? Yeah, that was stupid. I don't know why yeah. I had a GPS the whole time. Why did I miss that? I'm dumb. But at the end of the day, I can just fix it, and it's not that big of a problem. So the first option costs you a lot of time, and you look like an idiot. The second op- option costs you a lot of time, and you look like an idiot. The third option costs you a tiny bit of time, and you end up doing what you wanted to do in the first place, and it's not a big deal. Right. So <clears throat> I think for me, or for I think for people who have a lot of anxiety and stuff, it's that second option that happens a lot. It's that I pull over on the side of the road and I get out and I hate myself and I question why I ever thought I could drive in the first place. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, you just you just turned left. Like, yeah, that was stupid. That wasn't good. But it's not that big of a deal. Like, yeah. in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big of a deal. You can just hop back in your car, turn right around and, and go on. And don't hate yourself for being four minutes late. You know, yeah. if you pull over and have a meltdown for three hours, you're going to be three hours and four minutes late. So, right. <laughs> you know, like it's it's not good to, to do it that way. So I think that's for me, that's been really helpful to think about. It's like, hey, don't pull over on the side of the road and have a freak out right now. Like, it's OK. Yeah. You know, you, you can you can handle this like it's yeah. just it's a failure. Sure. But the stakes are relatively low, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, to that end. Like you said, like you can just turn around and go back and you can be mad about it the whole time. Right. You can be mad about it the whole time. You can turn around and be headed in the right direction again and you can still be mad about it. And that's okay. Right. <laughs> like you can still be mad, but like actually acknowledging where you are being mad about it ultimately is going to help you come back around to what you already know totally. and what you know about your work and your work ethic and your practice and yourself. Like it's okay to be pissed off about that you took a left turn. Yeah. Just turn around. It's fine. Right. Right. I mean, totally. <clears throat> so I want to ask you a little bit um, as we're sort of re- like getting into the last chunk of this. Um, I want to ask you like on a very like micro level, you mm-hmm. have your like daily practices, which is full of all sorts of things that go wrong. Right. From sure. the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed, like there's all sorts of little things that don't work. But then similarly, you have your larger scale, like career, you have your trajectory, you have like <clears throat> your projects that you work on, you know, whatever. Um, and they, they, they kind of reflect each other. So there's all sorts of failures in there, all sorts of things that don't go right. So on both the, the really small scale and on the big scale, how do you psychologically like move forward? Sure. Like, why, um, why do you move forward? How do you do that? Like, yeah. So for me, I think something that was really important for me to start doing was, especially since I've been experimenting more lately, I have to approach new things and new techniques and what I'm trying to do as if I'm a little kid, right? It's this kind of like little kid creativity where like when you're first learning how to draw, you don't care if it looks good at all. You don't care what anything looks like. You don't care if the colors go together. You don't care about any of that. You're just trying to make something. And that's how I approach like first stabs at new things, you know? And if it doesn't work out, yeah, it's okay for me to be frustrated about it, but I'll come back to it when I've thought it through a little bit better. 
you know, yeah. it, it takes a lot of the stress off of me to be like, okay, this is a new thing. It might not go that well, but let's see what happens. And then I've got all this stuff just laying around. That's not great, but it's there. And I still made it and I still get credit in my own head for making something, right? you know? And as far as my like grand trajectory goes, I, I've been thinking about this Aesop rock lyric. He just put out a new record. It's great. And there's a lyric on there where he says, I don't aim to please. I don't aim at all. And Mm. that's kind of where I'm finding myself lately is I know what I want to be making. I know who I know, like where I see my work living, but something we were talking about even before this call was something that this weird and bizarre and like low key horrifying time in our existence is, is, is forcing us to realize is that some of the things we thought were going to work won't work Mm. and some things, and that's on a grand scale and that's on a personal scale. Right. And I'm having to constantly reassess where I want my work to live, how I want it to be, how I want it to be perceived, who I want to work with, all this stuff. And so for me, it's been really important to take a little bit of the stress off of what my grand trajectory is because I can't control that. Yeah. And just be like, okay, where am I at right now? What am I trying to accomplish? And what can I accomplish along the way to Mm. that proposed trajectory? And that like... Thinking of my trajectory, thinking of my career, thinking of this big grand whatever as proposed, not set in stone, has been really important for me lately. Another way to to phrase that, which is something you and I have said a lot, is like the importance of things not being too precious. Like your future plans, like you can't hold them as if they're true. And if they don't work, that all of life is going to fall apart. Like you make them, you, I I love that language, right? It's, It's a proposal. Right. It's, it's, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, I put this proposal together for what I think my future can look like. And you work towards that for sure. It's not, you know, you're not saying at all, like I just wander around aimlessly. Like, no, no, that's not it. No, at no, all. no. Yeah. But it's just the understanding that like, you just don't have control over the future. So you have to just sort of, right. you know, you have a proposal and you, you sort of work towards it. But, um, but when you take that pressure off of it, it helps mm-hmm. it helps you to not feel like such a failure. Well, ultimately, uh, it's helping me make more stuff. Yeah, totally. You know, it's helping me experiment more and expand <clears throat> my style more and encompass more ideas. And that's kind of my goal anyway yeah. with making stuff in the first place. So, yeah, that's always, that's always what I want to be doing. Yeah. I'm going to give, as we're wrapping up here, I was just thinking a minute ago, I'm going to give a couple of like super practical things to help with failure and resilience. So one of them is like, spend more time doing things that have lower stakes to them. So like, Mm. if I'm doing, if I go spend $300 in supplies for a painting that I don't know how it's going to turn out, I feel a lot of pressure on that. If I go spend $15 on some cheap crap supplies to go experiment, I don't really care. You know, so I think spend as much time as you can working out things where, you know, the stakes are low, sketching in your sketchbook, sketching quickly. Don't don't put 25 hours into a sketch, put 30 minutes into a sketch, put two hours into a sketch. So if you don't like it, you only lost a little bit of time. Keep your stakes low. And, And similarly to that, like 
don't put some of the worst advice I ever heard from an artist who I respect a lot, honestly. Uh, but he it wasn't really advice. He was just talking about studio practice and talking about how like he tries to make everything like he, he doesn't want to be wasteful. And so he tries to make everything sellable. Like Everything he does, he wants it to sell because he doesn't want to like waste materials and waste money and and he wants to be efficient and all that stuff. Look, that's great as like a humanitarian idea. But the reality is that creativity is, is wasteful. And the nature of creativity is wasteful. Nothing about it mm-hmm. is efficient. It's not an efficient practice. It's inefficient. It's saying, I know I could do it one way that's already exists, but I'm just going to do it a different way just because. Right. So you have to be in this mindset that like waste is part of the creative process. So minimize your waste as much as you can. Uh, make the things that you waste be sheets of paper, not $40 canvases. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. Make the stakes low. And that's just on like a supply side of things, but also on like a don't go and post your experiments on social media. Like, yeah, they don't everything need, isn't for everybody. Yeah, they don't need to live out there. Like, just go make stuff for you. Don't show it to anybody, you know? And, and then once you have it worked out, then you can start putting it out there, right? And that might seem obvious, but like, I know I'm tempted to make every single thing I make to feel like it has to live yep. out there. And then I feel like if it doesn't look the way I wanted it to look, I feel like a huge failure. It's like, dude, just right. take, take a month off. Take a month off, yeah. go go make it for yourself. And, you know, maybe it's not painting or making art. Maybe you're like a writer or a musician or whatever, but it all applies. Like, just do it. Take a pass, a quick pass, you know? Like, if you're writing something, don't agonize over grammar and spelling, like, on your first pass. Just write. Stream of conscious. Just get out there so that if you get to the end of it and you feel like it sucked... You didn't spend three times as long perfecting details on something that wasn't very good. <laughs> right, right. In the first place, right? You just get it out, you know? And then if it's good, if it's got good bones, if it's got good structure, if it's got good integrity to it, then you round out, then you fix little mistakes and things, you know? Mm-hmm. That's going to help. That helps me so much with being resilient and just being like, well, that sucked, but I only put two hours into it and I didn't, you know, I didn't agonize over details, you know? So when I do sketches on the front end, I don't go and do a photo shoot and spend, you know, eight hours on a Saturday getting reference photos for something I don't know is going to work. I go and I just find a picture on the internet, takes me 20 minutes and I just paint it because I want to work it out. You know what I mean? Right. Um, right. So it's that sort of stuff. I think if you can do that, it minimizes the, the failures that you feel. And then the last thing on a practical sense, it's like... <clears throat> For all of us creatives, you got to take a step back. You got to realize that the stakes are low. Like, not the stakes are low. Let me rephrase that. You have to take a step back and realize that, like, you are not defined by whether this project turns out well. You're not defined by whether your art career turns out well. Listen, there are people who have had incredibly successful and influential and impactful lives who started a business when they were 25 and you know, invested a hundred thousand dollars into it and they went bankrupt like that. That's the story of almost everybody who's successful. Almost every single person. It just because you have a failure when you're starting doesn't mean that you can't be successful in the end. And so realize that like the stakes are low. Look, if you go try to paint for five years and ultimately it doesn't turn out well and you have to pursue something else, go pursue something else. You still have so much time to be successful. 
yeah, the that's stakes totally of that fine. failure are like not that high, you know? Um, yeah. Do you have anything to add to that? I think up? the only, the one piece of like practical advice I can give on this is that starting over doesn't equal failure. Mm. Starting a piece over, starting a whole project over, it doesn't mean that you failed at it. It just means that the first step wasn't the best step. Right. Like there are a million other ways you could have done that. You chose one way. It didn't go that well. That's okay. That doesn't make you a failure. That doesn't make that piece a failure. You didn't waste your time. You're figuring stuff out. Yeah. That's the whole nature of what we do. Yeah. And I would argue, this is a big statement for the end. I would argue that you can apply that to, I don't know, the first 10 years of your career. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, yes. Right. Yes. So, so on a Both of us scale, are still like, in the first 10 years. And I would say that that <laughs> is super applicable. Right. So it, it applies to both. They parallel each other. Like, yeah, your first couple sketches aren't going to be that good. That's okay. Like, yeah, dude, if it takes you 10 years to really like figure your crap out for what is going to be a 50 year career. Okay. That's great. Do like, it doesn't mean you should quit because yeah, because six then you're just in, 10 years behind. Yeah. It doesn't mean you should quit because six months in someone didn't like one of your posts. Like, dude, you've got so much time ahead of you. This is just a right. small chunk of it. So, um, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I mean, I think that's a great place to wrap up actually. Um, Nate, thank you for, talking to me about failure and resilience today on the podcast that's half yours um You're and welcome. thanks everybody else for being here and listening um i also want to say really quick that over the past couple of weeks we've had a lot of people listen and a lot of really great feedback and that's been incredible to see we definitely thought like five people were going to listen total and yeah. it's been crazy to see the numbers keep going up every week and we're really thankful that you're here um and to that end if you're listening for the first time and you want to keep following along with us, you can do that on Instagram at emerging podcast and for both of us at Nate Charmack and at Christian order. Yeah. I definitely want to echo what Christian said. You know, we're just so thankful that you guys are listening and, um, feel so grateful that you're, they're tuning in. So, um, yeah, looking forward to talking next week. So we'll see you guys. Bye. <laughs>